listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have on the show Mark Gardner from our very own Aspect Legal team. And of course, we're here to talk to you today about the various considerations when you are leasing premises. Mark is a fabulous person to talk about this topic because he has decades of experience dealing with businesses and leasing requirements. Now, today, Mark and I get stuck into the sorts of things that you should be thinking about when entering into a lease. We discuss the terms of lease, what's covered in the lease, we talk about options, and when in the lease negotiations, you will be in the greatest position of power. And of course, we talk about a whole heap of traps and tips in relation to leasing. So without further ado, here we go with our discussion with Mark. Hi, Mark. Welcome on board to Talking Law. So good to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Joe. Pleasure to be here. Fabulous, fabulous. Now, of course, today we're talking about all of the considerations when you're entering into a lease. Now, I I just want as a note for our listeners, uh, this, of course, is relevant when you're entering into a new lease, but it also might be relevant when you're looking at uh, renewing uh, the term of your lease. It might be a great opportunity for you to jump on board, realise there's some issues with the lease and seek to have some changes made. Or indeed, if you're a buyer and looking out for things within the lease that might be particularly relevant to for you to understand in relation to that business moving forward. So, Mark, um, why don't we kick it off? Maybe what we can do is we can take it in turns, throwing up some ideas of the sorts of things that we think our listeners should be on the lookout for in relation in relation to leases and maybe even some war stories. I love the war stories. You know I love the war stories. <laughs> um, so why don't we kick it off with you, Mark? What do you think one of the most important things are for people to look out for in, in, in a lease? Or maybe one of the traps. One of the things that people uh, often don't realise are super important in looking at a lease. Well, I guess the key is to, to, to start with is to make sure that the lease documentation prepared matches what the the, the prospective tenant has agreed with the agent. So in, in, in terms of the length of the lease, both in terms of the initial term uh, and the options to renew, both the length of the option term and the number of option terms, that's critical. Uh, make sure that you look at what is in, what is covered by the amount of rent you're paying. Is it a lease that has rent plus outgoings, or is it what's called a gross lease where the outgoings are included? And then understand what the outgoings are. Um, what are what are your your obligations in terms of um, cleaning the premises? Uh, Sourcing power for the premises. Are you free to go to any power supplier, or are you locked into the building or or or, or shops power supply uh, arrangements? Um, what are your obligations in terms of land tax or insurance of the premises? Um, 
people who aren't familiar with a commercial lease may be surprised that if they're, to know that if they're leasing an entire building, uh, they may well be liable for insuring the entire building. Um, so what are the insurance requirements? I just want to highlight that as well because I do think, you know, the land tax, the insurance, they are things that, um, you know, the elements of leases that businesses um, who aren't used to um, dealing with leases regularly just may not even realise that, um, you, you know, they'll be required to pay. So it's a really good point. And also look at uh, is parking included? Uh, are, the, are, the, are the parking spots reserved? Uh, can you put your name on the on the bitumen on, in in the car park so it's reserved for for you and your your customers? Uh, do you have signage rights to the building? Uh, can you put up a sign in your window which can be seen from outside? Uh, they're kind of just little things to start with, um, and then and then of course there are some some major issues around uh, the the you know, the end of the lease. What does the end of the lease look like? Um, you know, do you have to make good? Um, we've had instances where a make good clause requires the stripping of an office back to the concrete shell. So removing removing all the all the uh, the cabling, all the wiring, all the air conditioning um, uh, that needs to be provided for. Generally speaking, in the in the accounts of the of of the of the leasing company because it's a significant spend at the end of a lease period. Well, and that's a really good point. And if you're if you're taking on a lease and you're considering a potential future sale. Um, of your business um, that might happen during the lease term, be aware that a buyer might come in and want you um, to uh, make some sort of adjustment um, from the purchase price in relation to those obligations into the future in relation to make good of the premises. So That's right. And, and it's difficult to know sometimes what that adjustment might need to be because often the extent of make good at the end of a lease period is a little discretionary on the landlord's part. Uh, landlord may say, I want you to take it back to bare concrete shell because that's what the lease requires you to do. Or he may want to have a go at leasing the premises with an existing fit-out and see if there's a prospective tenant who wants that fit-out. Um, so there might need to be a financial adjustment at the end in any event, but when you're actually selling the business um, and or assigning the lease, you don't quite know what that's going to look like. So there needs to be some preparedness to negotiate and adjust at that time. Yeah. And just be aware, you know, I guess just obviously you've talked about this requirement that might be in there to bring the premises right back to base. You know, that means ripping out all of your fixtures and fittings, patching the walls, repainting all the walls. Indeed, you'll probably, you know, almost always be required to do a full repaint. These are the sorts of things that I find often, um, you know, tenants, incoming tenants can be a little bit surprised at the first time round. That's right. Particularly with, say, office premises, uh, like a, a medium-sized office suite, uh, will you may well inspect a premise that, that has an existing fit-out. It has partition walls, it has meeting rooms, it has cabling for, for data and, and power. But the lease may say at the end of the lease period, you're required to take it back to concrete shell, which means ripping all of that out. Um, and that impacts a couple of things. It impacts, obviously, the cost at the end of a lease, but it impacts upon your timing. So if you were looking at moving into different into new premises at that point, then you've got to bear in mind that you need to be out of your existing premises well ahead of the lease expiry date because you need to get tradespeople in to what's called defit the premises, to, you know, to make good the premises. 
And and I, I think you have to bear in mind you might therefore be paying rent at two places <laughs> during that period of time because you still have to pay rent whilst, whilst you're, you know. That, that's right. You either do it at the end of the lease prior to the lease end date or there could be a negotiation with the landlord where you have a period of time after that lease end date to do the, the make good. But either way, there's certainly rent being paid. All right, so make good. And I'm glad we spent a bit of time on that because that really is, I, I think that's a really important element. And one of the things, I guess, just to throw in here, um, the terms of the lease um, can be negotiable sometimes. So, you know, just because this is a position that has been set out in the draft lease document that, um, you, you know, you've received um, as an incoming tenant doesn't mean there's no ability to negotiate it. But you just have to be aware that um, landlords have differing differing levels of, uh, you know, acceptance of negotiation um, un- uh, under these sorts of things, say, for example, a make good. Um, so it's worth giving it a go, but just be aware there may be things you may not be able to get out of those draft leases. That's, that's right. Um, it, it's sometimes quite subject to market conditions uh, and also the history of the premises. So if the premises have been empty for some time and the landlord has not been receiving rent, then he may well be prepared to negotiate more to get you in as a tenant. If, if, the, if it's a really high-demand area, if the, tenant, the, if the outgoing tenant is, is just about to leave or has just left, then the landlord may say, well, I've got plenty of time to, to get another tenant without it impacting me financially. So no, I'm not going to negotiate. There's my, there are my lease terms, take it or leave it. So you need to be a little aware of what's going on in the marketplace when, when looking at negotiating. And I also find there's there's sort of uh, two other factors that I often see. Number one, the um, the landlord itself, you know, so the sophistication of the landlord. is this um, Does this landlord have many premises um, or is this, uh, you know, a mum and dad investor that holds these premises? You'll have a very, very different level of negotiation between those two different types of landlords generally. That's right. And it can cut both ways. Uh, you may well find that the more sophisticated the landlord is, the more prepared they are to negotiate because they understand that negotiation and leasing is quite common. Um, if it's a mum and dad it's a little or private, um, sorry, self-managed super fund investment where they don't have a lot of capital um, readily available to them, they're relying upon the, the rent, um, they may well be not prepared to negotiate. They just want to keep their, 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 um, their premises uh, occupied. So, yeah, it can cut both ways. Uh, some of the big landlords, on the other hand, just go, no, these are our standard terms. Take it or leave it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, no negotiation. That's right. And the one thing we haven't talked about is rent-free periods. And Well, yes, really good point. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. Because, uh, again, it goes back to that market conditions test I was talking about before, where if, a, if premises are empty and the landlord's not receiving rent, um, he may well be looking for a long-term tenant so it doesn't happen again. Um, and you have a may have an ability to negotiate a period of time where you're rent-free or rent-reduced, um, particularly if there's uh, some fit-out works required um, where you, you do a deal with the landlord where you pay reduced rent for an extended period or you pay no rent for two or three months, enables you to get into the premises, fit it out, get it ready for your occupation. So it's something to really 
think about negotiating if you can at that point in time. You, uh, you never have a stronger negotiating position than before you sign the lease. Oh, do you know what, Matt? That was exactly what I was going to say before and then we went into rent freeze, which is exactly right on point because this is this is absolutely the area where, you you know, you you the position that you create as you go into the lease will never you will never be in a better um, negotiating position than right in the beginning generally speaking it's like when you're dating for the first time yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> everyone's super nice to each other right <laughs> yeah that's right so you know but but the the warning is you know if you might be in these premises for a long period of time I tell you what you you really want to get in and start negotiating these things to the extent that you can that first time through because after that you know the the landlord knows that it's difficult for you to leave um and even if you haven't got a high fit out um cost it's you know it's painful for anyone to move premises so you know your 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 strength is right in the beginning that's exactly right anybody who's tried to move their uh, internet provider or or or, uh, or change their power supplier or change where their telephones are it's difficult to, to negotiate those things so at the outset yes do it then we touched briefly then upon the end of a lease um one thing that people need to think about and really bear in mind and diarise and calendar is option periods. So I said one of the things to think about is how long is the lease, what are the option periods? Uh, Now, an option period means that you have a right to renew the lease on the same terms. Really important. There may well be a rent adjustment at that point, but no other terms of the lease, generally speaking, change at that point. You simply, as a tenant, you simply notify the landlord that you wish to exercise your option and you're then locked in for the next period, whatever that option period might be. If you miss that date, two things might happen. One, the landlord might say, well, I'm leasing it to somebody else. Or secondly, he may say, well, we're going to um, significantly change the model of renting. We're going to move maybe from a rent review at market rate to a a much greater rent increase. So um, it's important to exercise the options when the timeframe says you must exercise them by. And what that period of time might be depends a little bit sometimes on the length of the lease. Say a five-year lease may have an option, what's called an option exercise period, of between six and three months prior to the end of that first term, whereas a shorter lease might have a shorter exercise period. And it might be between three and one month before the end of the lease. So it's important that a tenant sort of make sure that those dates go in the diary. And on options, you, you know, I mean, I mean, options are a beautiful thing for a tenant in that this is the, this is the opportunity to to have the right, but not the obligation to have the premises for an extended period of time. Um, and and this is super important for you to understand if you're in, particularly if you're in the type of business where premises might contribute strongly to the value of your business and you're looking at selling at some point and or your fit-out costs are high if you have to move. So something really important to bear in mind, but a little bit of a warning here. We had a client who came in a couple of weeks ago and they were looking at preparing their business for sale. And as part of the readying for sale, uh, we had a look at the the lease um, and one of the provisions in relation to the exercise of the option for the future was that um, they lost the right 
to exercise options into the future if they had been in default during the lease term at all. And unfortunately, this um, uh, this seller had had a period of time when they had had default under the lease. And so I just thought that's really important for you to understand because if you're considering, you know, if you're in a tight financial position and you're considering the sale of your business, it's really important to understand if being late in your rent might impact other things, like, for example, the ability um, to uh, to for a, a new buyer to take on um, options under the lease because you've defaulted during that lease term. And for buyers as well, you know, a really good thing to ask as you're coming in, if you identify this in the lease for a business that you're buying, understanding the extent to which there may have been a default under the lease that may have impacted the ability um, to um, to exercise those options into the future. So there you go. There's some, aren't there some barbs out there, Mark? <laughs> there, there sure are. Um, and, and perhaps it's a really good reason why um, prospective tenants should get their lease reviewed by a law firm. Boom. There you have it. There you have it. <laughs> All right. Now, what else have we missed out here? I think we've covered a lot. Oh, use of the premises. I guess that's another thing, uh, you know, that is worth mentioning as we're going through some of these top areas. At least always uh, describes what the premises may be used for. Um, if you're looking at renting premises, the, the goal would be to make sure that term is as broad as it possibly can be. Um, so that if you're looking at assigning a lease at some point down the track or potentially changing your own business, that you're not prevented from doing that by the lease being prescri prescriptive as to what the premises can be used for. Wonderful. And look, I guess the last area, unless there's anything else that um, we've forgotten that you want to throw in, but the last area that I think deserves a bit of discussion um, is that area of um, of security. So a, a landlord will require security um, and there are different ways that we can approach security. Quite often a landlord will start with a personal guarantee, perhaps in addition to a bank guarantee or security bond. Um, what's your uh, what's your thoughts in dealing with this? I mean, where we can, we'll try and, um, you, you know, remove the personal guarantee, but that can only... That's, that works sometimes and other times it doesn't. Um, personal guarantees, you alluded to it, should be avoided at all costs. Um, reason being is what it's doing is changing the liability for the obligations of the lease from the company that might be the tenant to potentially the director and owner of the company. A lot of people don't necessarily appreciate that they will be bound by the terms of the lease for the entire lease period. So let's say uh, someone comes in, has a three-year lease, one year in, their business is not going well, they're struggling to, to make payroll, maybe struggling to pay the rent, and they want to close the business down because it's just not working, despite their best efforts, no matter how hard they work. They then may come to a law firm and say, how do I terminate this lease? And the answer is, well, you're potentially liable for paying the rent until the end of the term of the lease. Now, if you're a company that's going, it's having some financial issues. Um, it may well be a consideration that you liquidate the company and, and seek to avoid that debt, but you may well still be liable as a guarantor on the lease for those lease obligations until you can take steps to end the, end, end the company structure. So it's very difficult um, sometimes to limit your, your, your losses. So um, 
that's a personal guarantee. Avoid them if you can, if you, but sometimes you can't. Limit them if you have to give them. Uh, limit them to, to the rent. Limit them in terms of time. Limit them in terms of dollars, if it's possible. Uh, but we talked about bank guarantees before. Um, in terms of going about getting a lease, a bank guarantee can take some time to organise with the bank. Uh, if you're looking at a rent-free period or if you're looking at early access to premises, you won't be able to get access to the premises until you can satisfy the landlord that you have the bank guarantee in place. So prospective tenants should start that process early. It can take a while. Banks can be hard to deal with. Such a good point, really good point on timing and such a good point on um, on personal guarantees. Well, look, Mark, that's been a great discussion about leases today. I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on to the show. It's a pleasure. Anytime. Well, that's it for this episode of Talking Law. We hope what we've discussed puts you in good stead for any upcoming lease negotiations and helps you wrap your head around what considerations are most relevant to you. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at www.talkinglaw.com.au or link straight to it from our show notes, where you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you'd like to read it in more detail. Of course, in our show notes here, as I said, we'll also link straight through to that page. There at that page, you'll also find details of how to contact our legal eagles at Aspect Legal about anything related to this topic, or head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com to book a free 15-minute discussion with our legal team. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to Talking Law on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to get notifications straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. We also love hearing feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers or even if you're listening to this podcast for the first time. And as a bit of a PS, we've actually got a fabulous new segment coming up for you. Ask me anything. Those quick questions you have at the end of a meeting or phone call with a lawyer, now you see your chance to ask them for free. There will be a link below here or in the show notes or visit our podcast page and there will be a button there ready to go for you to submit your questions. Well, thanks again for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by Aspect Legal. See you next time. looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.